welcome to the Car Sim and Race Driver Show, presented by Hugh Hattrick. Here at Bathurst in the course, my very special guest, Basic Ollie, Rascal, Rabbit, Josh Martin. It's great to have you back on the show. Drive fast and try not to crash. Hello and welcome to the Car Sim and Race Driver Show with me, Hugh Hattrick, and a very, very special guest all the way from the south of England and back again. It is Super GT. Welcome back to the show. Hello, viewers. Thank you, Hugh. Thanks for having us on. Is it, this is what? Third third time now, isn't it? Fourth, 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 yeah, fourth, yeah. fourth, if we include the one from a month ago or two months ago. Yes. Yes, yeah. I do apologize. <laughs> you got more messages after that one, hoping you were okay, uh, because that was a dramatic way to finish finish the whole yeah. thing. But hopefully tonight you're feeling a lot better, and it will be it will go as as hopefully as planned. But yeah. uh, but uh, we've got lots of people watching, and uh, I mean at the last uh, interview we were doing, we were getting into all the things that you'd been doing over the last few months, and you've had some very exciting announcements to make. You've got a big race on tomorrow, which will. Uh, come on to but first of all uh, I'll ask you did you have a nice festive season and, and new year was it was it quite reasonable and if any nice pleasant surprises that came to you over the festive period yeah given that we're in lockdown um, it wasn't too bad actually I mean it wasn't the greatest of all time but it wasn't the worst of all time so I can't complain too much um, but yeah it was it was very good overall um, how, how, how was yours Hugh yeah, it was lots of fun, actually. Yeah, it was good fun. I was cooking the turkey uh, and trying not to food make everyone give uh, give anyone food poisoning when I was trying to do all that. Uh, but, you uh, know, we had a really nice time and we were going to go to the Lapland uh, light event at Silverstone, but unfortunately that was all cancelled uh, due to COVID. Uh, but, no, it was it was great fun. And we've enjoyed the snow. I don't know about if you've had any snow down your way in the last wee while, um, but uh, I had my little car racing around the snow. I thought whenever I see it kind of white out, I thought, great. Jump in the car and head out to the nearest car park. That um, I was going to say, your your M2 would be a phenomenal car in the snow. I imagine. Oh, I I've made a rule that I will not drive it in the snow. I think I think it's too dangerous. I just don't think that car would is. I I don't think 400 horsepower with rear wheel drive is is the best sort of <laughs> setup. Snow before you know I get wrapped around a tree. I I don't think it's a good idea. So. I would just just go luckily for, for me down here, I suppose it hasn't snowed, so I've been able to ah, drive. I think you'll be tempted. When it snows, let's go to Ikea. The nice big white space, open space. <laughs> yeah. And lots of lots of polystyrene around the post, so you should be all right. But, uh, you know, <laughs> it's, uh, it, uh, I once had an old BMW V8 and it snowed in Glasgow and I had this up there and we were collecting stuff and it was quiet. And of course, the snow had come down, it was icy and everything. And I had a fantastic time racing. I just turned the traction control off and did burnouts and slides in the Ikea. It was great. That was a, a long time ago. But um, but yeah, no, I'd say uh, you might be surprised how good your traction control is on that BMW. But um, but tomorrow you have a huge event planned. And I know you were tweeting out about it, but I'm sure our viewers will be pleased to, to hear exactly what it is. What is the new challenge that you're going to be doing for nearly 30 hours uh, from tomorrow yeah. at 2 p.m.? Yeah, so... On Gran Turismo, and well, to be honest, on any sim, I, I do like the the lengthy endurance challenges, mm. and um, 
So, I mean, last year and on other games as well, we've done it on iRacing 4 as a Gran Turismo. We've done like, lots of very long six hours, 12 hour, 14 hour races. But mm. I wanted to blow all of that out of the water by doing the most ridiculous challenge I've ever done. Most ridiculous thing I've ever done, probably. Um, we're going to do 200 laps, Nürburgring, Nordschleife, the 24 hour layout. So, the one with the GP circuit and the Nordschleife. Oh, goodness. And um, 200 laps is the most amount of laps you can do on Gran Turismo Sport. Uh, so it's the most amount of laps around the longest possible track. Mm. And I feel like, you know, Gran Turismo Sport is getting towards the end of its life. So maybe it's time to just do the biggest possible thing you can actually do on that game and just get that absolute behemoth of a endurance challenge yeah. done and dusted and say that I've done it. That's fantastic. And people will be able to watch it live right the way through, yeah? Yep, I'm going to stream. I'll stream the whole thing, uh, start to finish, uh, documenting my uh, my downfall as I get ever tired, more tired, and my lap times go completely off towards the end, probably. Uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll stream the whole thing. I probably can't promise that I'll be uh, engaging throughout the whole thing. I'll probably <laughs> stop talking by about the eighth hour and just just try to make it to the end, but. Um, yeah. yeah, I'll stream the whole thing. That's amazing, because the thing is, on no, on no section of the North Slifer, I mean, you really can't really look at the comments, can you? Because you're it's just corner after corner, um, and you need to concentrate. I did see the, the picture you put out um, of all of your diet, your dietary kind of requirements for the 30 hours, and that's all the kind of um, high caffeine drinks and different things that you had in there. And I thought, yeah, that's going to be a fun one. You might, you might find that you finish the race, but you're still, your mind's going to be going like crazy in it with all these Red Bulls and different things? Or do you find you can sleep after an event like that? Or does it take you a wee while to kind of calm down from it? Well, it's, it's this this is very much the unknown, this one, because I've never really been someone who does all-nighters. Uh, I've mm -hmm. never really... I mean, I have, but like university and stuff, but I've, it's quite new to me. So I don't know how I'm going to feel. Because after a normal stream, I can't sleep straight away. Because like, yeah. like you say, your mind's like on overdrive. But... Um, but this one, given that I'll be up for so long, I probably will sleep, I think. I'll probably want to, yeah. as soon as I finish lap 200, straight out into the bed, going to go sleep. But yeah. who knows? We'll find out tomorrow. Yeah. I remember doing a go-kart race. <laughs> I remember doing a go-kart race many years ago uh, down at Daytona, the Daytona Raceway in London, uh, White City. And, and uh, my, my brother said, oh, if you take a couple of Red Bulls, you should be fine. And I'd never taken a Red Bull before, so I didn't even know what it was. Um, so I took this can, and it, it tasted a bit strange. And and uh, I remember drinking two of them. Um, and then as a result, we actually won the whole event. I was amazed. Um, my brother and I had some quite dodgy uh, plans. I, I remember saying, right, we knew he was in pole position for the last race, or one of the, one of the qualifying races. Um, and I was right at the back. Um, and I said to him, right, if you break when you go around the first corner, everyone will kind of, um, kind of gather up behind you, and I'll see if I can get around the outside. And to, to our amazement, he did it. I mean, and it worked, and I got right the way around, and I got got the got the win. Um, but uh, so it wasn't at all dodgy, you know. <laughs> it was, it was, but it was quite it was quite fun. But of course, I drank taking these two cans of Red Bull, and I could not sleep for about two days after it. Um, so I was oh, it was something else because your mind's just going the whole time, and you're you're so tired. Uh, but I know you're going to need plenty of that um, to keep going. Did, is it possibly a, a charity event? Did you say you're potentially raising money for charity tomorrow, or is it just a normal stream? No, I thought because this is the longest possible thing and it's going to be really difficult, I, I thought I'd do it for charity. I think it'd, 
it makes sense to do it for charity. Um, so I'm raising money for the Philippine School Project, which makes or helps build and fund and um, equip schools in the Philippines. Ah, well, that sounds a very good, a very good case indeed, because they've had lots of problems, haven't they, with earthquakes and all sorts. So to help rebuild schools is definitely a good thing um, and a good positive way to start the year. That, um, but oh, that's that's fantastic. That um, so that will be starting at two o'clock tomorrow and then going right the way through um, for pretty much over a day by the time it all it's all done. So how are you going to take breaks? How will that work then? Um, because obviously people might be watching. Or what, what's your strategy for taking breaks and things? I think at least to begin with, it'll be little and often. I think perhaps every hour, just pause it, go into the pit lane or whatever, and just stop for let's say two, three minutes, uh-huh. and then just you know get up, get out of the rig. I think the main thing is to get out of the rig, walk, walk yeah. about a little bit, mm-hmm. um, eat, drink, um, lots of water. I think water is probably the main thing. So as much as as much Red Bull as I have, I think actually. Um, drinking water is probably actually the best thing I can do. Yeah. Yeah. Take lots of water. Yeah. Just taking lots of regular breaks, I think. I mean, mm-hmm. I've never done this before. But I did ask everyone on Instagram, you know, what's your best all-nighter tips and tricks? A lot of them <laughs> I think I'll ignore. Uh, <laughs> but people just like drink a thousand Red Bulls or drink a thousand coffees. I'm like, I don't actually know. I think I actually feel... I think that... You'd feel good for a while, and then you'd have a massive crash. Yeah, you know, that's your it. body would crash after. Oh. Um, so I need to preserve myself. I think water and just taking lots of regular breaks. Uh, I think down the very long back straight at Nurburgring, uh, that'd be time to look away from the screen and just like maybe look out the window, rest my yeah. eyes a little bit, turn the brightness down on the on the monitor. Yeah, um, I've got glasses as well. I'll probably put those on at some point to ease the. The glare yeah yeah um just loads of little things like that um hopefully will all will all help out over the whole whole thing yeah well, that sounds fantastic i know people might be wondering um it's uh, that, that are you playing against ai or rather than a lobby uh, but you came up with a very good reason um for playing against the ai because if it was a lobby race people could come in and then they could go on to their they, they freeze it don't they they just go on to the the kind of um, what do they call it the um when they freeze the thing, well, you know, if they go on a break and but the car keeps going, and so you wouldn't yeah. really know if they were still playing themselves or if it was actually um, the real person. So that's a good, a good reason just to do the AI. And I think it will be fun because um, obviously the AI tends to be a bit slower, uh, but you know, I'm sure it'd be interesting to see how many times you've lapped the field by the time yeah. you finish. Um, and also driving at night time because in these GTT cars as well, the lighting isn't phenomenal, is it? It's they're not. There's not a huge amount of visibility ahead. Um, well, we, I'm going to do it all during. Because there's no, um, what's it called, dynamic time of day on Gran Turismo. So whatever time Ooh. of day I pick, it will be that for 200 laps. So that's the unfortunate thing. There won't be a, you know, it won't it won't go into darkness and then the sun will come up. It will just be uh, yeah. whatever yeah, light yeah, it is, yeah. it will just be that for 200 laps. All right, well, that's um, quite good. So you're going to do it during the day or, what, or have you not, not great, we're not going to find that out until tomorrow? I think just during the day would be easiest. I don't yeah. think I fancy driving 200 dark laps in the Nordic <laughs> life. I think it's, this challenge is hard enough as it is. And I think I want to make it even more difficult for myself. <laughs> now, that's the thing. Well, I'm sure that'll be fantastic. 
So if you're new to the channel and you haven't heard of Super GT, which I think is impossible, uh, but you need to make sure um, that you'll be watching at two o'clock from, uh, from two o'clock tomorrow uh, on Super GT's channel uh, to watch this terrific race that will be 200 laps of the long Superlap Nordschleifer. Um, and that will be, I'm sure, a fantastic thing. And it is for charity, it's here to help rebuild Philippine schools. So that is definitely worth a watch. Now, before Christmas, um, and just in the months leading up to Christmas last year, you had announced a very big uh, kind of plan and, and, and uh, kind of group that you'd uh, become part of, which was Quadrant. Now, um, could you, I know some people had asked a little bit before uh, last month, uh, and you were beginning to see what you were planning on doing with Quadrant. What, what's been the latest with Quadrant and what are your plans for this year? Yeah, so it's been tough at the moment because of all these lockdowns, we're not able to meet up and record stuff in person. Mm -hmm. And that would that would be our aim. It'd be good to be able to meet up and hopefully in a few months we'll be able to do that. Um, yeah. Because we still aren't, we still haven't met Lando yeah. in a proper capacity. I mean, I have seen him before in real life. Yeah. events and stuff but i haven't like properly had a good chat with him and met him properly um mm -hmm. so once this lockdown ends we had to hopefully record some real in real life stuff at the moment we're still um we're just recording stuff online we're playing lots of different game video games online against each other um yeah. we're recording stuff again with lando because he was uh he had covid didn't he and uh he had to Oh, yes, and yes. he didn't have his all of his setup with him uh, so he had a bit of a break but we're going to be recording with him again and then hopefully long term you know um we've got the the merch coming out as well there's lots of there's lots of different things going to be emerging throughout the year but the main thing for me would be being able to meet him for real life in, in real life and mm -hmm. you know record stuff um together and, and in person i think that'll be the main thing yeah, yeah. It'd be amazing if you could get maybe to an F1 test, perhaps at Barcelona or something like that. I don't know if they're going to allow people to go to it this year or not, but because uh, that's normally in February time, isn't it? Kind of uh, middle to the end of February that they start doing the tests there and then into, into in fact, even into early March. But because um, that might be, that would be quite a good one to get them to see him at the track and that with his car and things, isn't it? That would be quite a, a fun one. But um, so what was it that kind of inspired you to kind of um, get involved with Quadrant? Because it's, it's a big step to what you're doing before as, a, as having your channel and, and, and obviously being very well recognised for that. Was it? Did you just feel this was the thing you needed to do to break through into the next level? Perhaps, yeah. I felt, I felt like, I mean, with me, normally it takes a lot. It, it takes a lot of persuading to get me to do anything different than what I normally do. Hmm. But I think um, with Lando, he's got such a good platform. He's... He's probably got one of the biggest platforms out of all the F1 drivers, yeah. which is quite crazy given that he's only been there for two years. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he's got a really good following. He's he's on the rise. Um, just to be so closely associated with him is is such a good thing. Yeah. And the opportunities and the opportunities and the funding that Quadrant have is is good. The you know the, the the things that they've been saying that they that we could do further down the line is um uh, it was too good to to say no to yeah I bet. um so so yeah it, it was just worth it and i think maybe sometimes you do have to on youtube you do have to like sort of branch out try something different um mm -hmm. i mean the stuff i've been doing i think has worked 
Oh yeah, however yeah. many years I've done it, but sometimes it's good just to try something a little bit different and uh, see how that see how it goes. You never know. Maybe perhaps you'll do a stream from the McLaren simulator one night, saying this is a shot from is it in Woking that they have their 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 uh, Isn't it? it looks amazing from the outside, and they've got that special proper F one simulator. That would be quite interesting to get a, get your hands on that and have a shot and uh, see what it see how it compares with a normal simulator and things. But, uh, but oh no, I think we're all looking forward to seeing what you can do and what kind of videos you'll put together. Um, and it's definitely taken you to this this new level um, from YouTube uh, content creator to now you're kind of a real star of, of, of racing. Um, and uh, when you look at people like Jimmy Broadbent, who you, you've done a lot of work with, where we saw you doing the, the World Championships uh, for Gran Turismo there at Christmas time. Um, and uh, you've done some good videos with him as well when you were racing him. Uh, they were they were very, very funny when you were crashing into each other and doing all sorts, which is always, always fun. Uh, but I mean, he's got on to top gear uh, when he was a, a, a star in the reasonably priced car. I mean, do you think what, what would be if you, if you go on to top gear, what do you think your reaction would be? What would you when they ask you? So, you know, you're here on top gear. How would you approach doing a fast the, the, the lap in the in the car and the, the reasonably priced car? Yeah, I mean, if get, getting on to top gear would be that would be an incredible experience. That would be um, I mean, I think any any YouTuber sort of really getting into onto mainstream media, like getting onto a big TV program like that, is a uh, is a very good achievement to get on that, and that would really mean a lot. Uh, I'd really love to try the lap and see how you see how I fare mm. on you know on a fair. It's a fair um, test, isn't it? Everyone's got the same car around the same yeah. track, so it'd be really good to see how you compare to other people uh, under the same conditions. So. I'd, yeah. I'd love that. I mean, hopefully one day I'll be able to get on it. Who knows? I'm but, sure. Um, if you get on it, we'll all be in, we'll all be desperately trying to get in the shed as well, um, so we can watch and see what happens. Um, but uh, but no, that would be the thing. I mean, I suppose that obviously it's a new group. It's no longer Clarkson. That's all long gone. I think would you? I mean, obviously you've got people like Chris Harris who are fantastic racing drivers, um, and he's a good interviewer as well. Um, who would you who would you like to be interviewed by? Would you have preferred Chris Harris or Jeremy Clarkson? Who would have been your favourite? Well, it's it's a hard one because I really like Chris Harris. I think he's mm. a really good car reviewer, really good personality. He's a really good racing driver. Um, he's got an M2 as well, which makes him a, a doubly <laughs> good person. Um, I think. I think it would have been great to go on the classic Top Gear with Jeremy Clarkson. I think that would have been that would have been amazing. Yeah, how, yeah. you know how big of a profile Clarkson yeah. is. Um, but I wouldn't complain if Chris Harris was uh, was inviting me. I think <laughs> that, uh, um, onto the show that would be very very cool. Uh, yeah, I, I would just love to be on the show. That'd be good. That would be then you get a chance to meet the Stig as well, isn't it? So I don't know who does the Stig now. Well, I suppose the Stig is. I've been transferred to the Grand Tour, to be fair. But I don't know if you ever saw that one that they did when they when they, um, the Stig took his helmet off. And, of course, on that day, it was Michael Schumacher. And the, the, the crowd just went crazy. Um, and I kind of thought we were there were rumours that it might be him for the show. And then you could tell when he walked in, it was that walk that he had. And then he, he always sat with his kind of his legs crossed and his arms kind of relaxed. And then when he finally took his helmet off, and there he was, maybe that's the thing, it could be you. You might be asked in the future to say, take off your helmet. You know, and there we are, and everyone will recognise you. Because, of course, you drove a McLaren. You drove a McLaren GT3 around the Top Gear track 
just about a year ago or so, wasn't it? That was an incredible experience. Yeah, so it was the uh, the GT4 car, 650, was it 650S? No, 4570S. I can't even remember now. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it, that was unreal. And the strange thing was I got in it and uh, it actually felt very normal very quickly. I wasn't really phased mm-hmm. by it. The one thing that did sort of catch me out was how good the brakes were. And I never really got to the point where I was maximizing the brakes yeah. because he was always saying, oh, you could break, you could have braked like 200 meters later. Honestly, the car, the car stops so quick. It is quite freakish how quick they stop. And um, you have to really just push yourself to brake later than you think you should. Um, but it was a really, I mean, that was a really good experience to drive an actual race car just to get in it, even though it was only for 15 minutes in total. But yeah, it's still fun. And, and Top Gear as well. Uh, so, you yeah. know, you've seen that track on TV all the time and to be able to, to, be able to actually drive it. Um, was the, I was going to say, was the brake pedal really hard? Like in some simulators, the, the, the brake pedal is really hard and it takes a lot to, to stop the car. How did you find that? Was it was it quite, uh, uh, was it an interesting, you know, the first time you hit it, it doesn't seem to do very much, but then obviously they warmed up. And then were you, was that the thing that shocked you the most with the brakes? Or what was the thing that maybe impressed you the most with the car? Yeah, I mean, the funny thing was, is that um, my experience with Gran Turismo Sport, it, it didn't actually feel a million miles away from that car felt like. Wow. The pedals were, stu- were, were kind of stiff to press. And that's kind of how the Fanatec pedals I've got are, are like. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was... The brake pedal was very stiff. You really did have to force force your foot onto it quite hard, um, which is actually, if for anyone who's done eye racing, it's actually felt completely the opposite of eye racing because on eye racing you have to be like really delicate on it. But on this right. pedal, you have to like really slam it. Um, yeah, yeah. More the Grand Tourism sports sort of way. But oh. um, but yeah, it, it, it was just a really really good experience. The hard thing was perhaps the vis- visibility. You really. You're you're really in the seat. The seat sort of wraps around your head. There's loads of the roll cage is everywhere behind you. You can't really see much. Uh, visibility is really really minimal. So um, that's something you got. To, I suppose bear in mind when you're watching motorsport is that like they can't see anything. Yeah, the fact that they're getting around without crashing is actually quite a good job. <laughs> you're doing a good job. Yeah, and they're quite complicated to get into. I mean, I know obviously for someone like you who's who's very athletic and fit. And you can, you know, get into these cars, no problem. But for somebody like me, I remember going to a simulator, a, a SimTrack down in Leeds, um, and they have a full kind of cutout of a Janetta G33 uh, cup car. Um, and uh, and so they said, right, you just get in here. And it has the full roll cage and the helmets and the, and um, you can wear the seat belts and so on and so forth. I mean, it's not a motion rig, but it kind of is everything except that. Um, and I thought, well, now I've got myself in, but how on earth do I get myself out? Um, because it's quite, as you say, that all the rope cage and everything is around you. And it is quite, it's, it gets very hot as well, isn't it? That's the other thing yeah. um, that you can feel it all. But what, what an incredible experience that was. Um, now, going on to um, a, a question about karting, because I was thinking, what are the questions that maybe you haven't been asked before? Um, would you encourage sim racers and sim fans to do go-karting? Yeah, I think you should. Yeah, I mean, why not? I think if you've got a passion for racing, I think a lot of the time, the thing that you have is a passion for racing. Mm-hmm. You want to race other people, see who's the quickest. And that's the same in sim racing. It's the same in karting. It's the same in real mm-hmm. motorsport. 
fact that you like racing. So if there's that crossover, then yeah, why not? You should try out um, right real karting. I think um, if you if you've got the knowledge of racing from from yeah. sim racing, you you love racing, you understand racing, you understand working with other people, pressuring other people, not feeling pressure. If you understand all those things, you pro- you'll probably have talent in in karting as well. So mm. there's no reason why someone who is a gamer couldn't go on to become a good kart racer. And even if you don't, if you, even if you're not good, it's fun. So you might as well do yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Now that's really good. So because in the pre-show build-up, um, we were talking about how you use every bit of road and more and, and curbs. And mo- most of the time, if we go to a go-kart circuit, an outdoor circuit, they tell us, stay off the curbs, don't go anywhere near them because you'll just spin off and crash. And it's true if you're, so you're kind of scared of the curbs because you think, no, I don't want to touch that. Um, especially if it's been wet. Um, but on your videos, you do the opposite. Um, you go right over them and you, you go even way over. I remember seeing in one of the go-kart circuits, you went over the curb and well over into a kind of concrete patch um, that was quite bumpy and you you know, you got a great acceleration out onto it. Um, so how do you find going over these curbs? Because normally in a go-kart, you know, very, very small ride height, isn't it? It's just on the ground, basically. Is it not terrifying as you go over it? Does it not kind of want to launch the car into midair, or, or you know, how do you find going over the curbs in a go kart? It's not too bad, actually. I think it's something you get used to, and um, I think, I mean, like with the point you're saying, uh, a lot of kart tracks. I mean, they're all businesses. They want they mm. want to protect their carts, and they know that <laughs> if you start launching the curbs, it's going to destroy their cart. Uh, so that's that's why they tell you not to. But it is quick. A lot of the time, it is quicker just to just to launch the curbs. Yeah. Uh, you got, yeah, I mean, in my experience of like owner driver karting, people are getting a new chassis every sort of two months. Wow! So, yeah. Yeah. Just absolutely abuse the car. You're going to get yeah. rid of it in two months anyway. It doesn't matter. Uh, so you know, it's a bit different than a corporate <laughs> event where they kept the car for five years. Yeah, and it's yeah. been held on by gaffer tape and cable ties. <laughs> you've been to the same places as me then if you've those kind of go-karts but uh, i do remember go-karting in lanzarote once and it was the most dangerous one i've ever had because they seemed to kind of light the engine they, it was like the petrol tank was in in between your legs and the guy came this was back in 1993 um and he basically lit the whole thing in front of you and somehow then he started it, it kind of fired up um but it was a great track because it was around the volcano um, so if you went off, I don't think they would find you for a while. But uh, <laughs> it was quite—it was great fun, and it was quite a thing. I had a big incident that even my co-host Jonathan never forgets because I, he says I took him out uh, coming into a corner, and he's never forgiven me for that. Um, but because uh, I came around the next lap, and he was waving at me, and he didn't speak to me for a few days afterwards, even though we were on holiday for seven days. Um, but uh, but no, it's that's the thing. How do you find so when you do a big um, go kart event uh, like the Club One Hundred, do you get quite a strict briefing? of what you can and can't do um, and how does that compare do you think to maybe doing a big sim race and a brief a briefing that might that you would get on a sim on a sim race yeah i mean yeah at these kind of events they're often telling you that there's always a briefing they tell you you can't go here don't do this don't do that don't do this don't do that if you do this you'll get this penalty and all this stuff um sim racing a lot of the time doesn't really cover that i mean some of the events i've done last year in the in the first lockdown when we we're doing these big events and all the F1 drivers are in it and that kind of thing, sometimes they give you a little bit of a briefing. Yeah. But a lot of the time they don't. A lot of it, or if they do, a lot of it, a lot of it's just related to what like don't disconnect, don't 
do this. Um, it's not related to the racing. It's related to the technology. It's a bit different. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, my experience there is not really much sort of briefings in, 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 in online, yeah. but I suppose I depends what sort of level you're doing at. I suppose if you're doing proper world-class level esports, then I'm sure they, they get told what, what to do and like, don't do a rage quit or, or that kind of thing. <laughs> Uh, don't make the broadcast look bad by rage quitting and chucking your controller <laughs> at another player. <laughs> I, I don't really know. That's the thing. I mean, how have you found? Because you obviously you were at a lot of big events um, that had these. I mean, spectacular. You know, um, it was really like a show, wasn't it? Because you had you know you go into a big hall and there's maybe twenty or thirty uh, sim rigs and people ready and racing. How did you find the atmosphere in that? Was it almost like doing a big kind of go kart event or even bigger? Because obviously the people there are, are all kind of in the top of their field and it's and it's televised and so on or it's on on streams and things. Um, how do you find the the build up and the atmosphere to doing such a race? Yeah, there's definitely a lot of atmosphere. I mean, the first big event I did uh, where I competed was uh, at Le Mans during the actual Le Mans 24 hour. Oh wow! Um, it was on Forza. They they hired out this massive hall. It was only about, I don't know, about 200 metres away from the first oh, corner. Wow. So you could hear oh, the cars going round while you're, while you're playing. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there was a lot of atmosphere in there. And, uh, you know, you've got all this lighting, all these big rig, all these cameras, like, on, yeah. on those massive stalks. And oh, you know, you're trying to play, yeah. and this massive camera is just, like, looping around in front of your screen. <laughs> and, you know, you're trying to concentrate. And then his camera's right in your face, and you're like, right, okay, everyone's watching me right now. So, you yeah. know, you've got, you've got all of that to deal with. Because obviously at home, you just, you're at home, there's no one there. You're just doing your thing. There's no other things to worry about. But when you're at these events, there's all these different things you've got to think about, and it sort of takes away from your concentration. But, yeah, those events, I mean, they're, they're putting some, let me tell you, they're putting some money into these events, like Gran Turismo oh, yeah. as well. Um, yeah. like the stages and the rigs that they use and all of that is it's just mad the monaco one for gran turismo last year was yeah it looked looks really incredible. good i mean they put a lot of effort and work into it i mean this isn't just some guys playing a game it's like it's like a serious event yeah yeah we once visited the the kind of amusement center in monte carlo but um i wondered um where did they film the actual uh, event in Monte Carlo was it? Was it because I know I mean, we saw you going around the Lowe's hairpin because I think you were in a, you were in a hotel quite near there. But what, was it in a in a kind of conference center that they'd used, or was it quite nearby? Um, so it, it was only there was a hotel, and then there was like this. I don't even know how to describe it. Was it like a big kind of entertainment center, isn't there? Yeah, there? I guess so. Um, uh, so the corner at um, at Monaco. So you've got the right-hander before mm. the tunnel. Yes. Imagine instead of turning right, turn left and drive for about two minutes. It was that way. All right, so it was down that way. Oh, yeah, you drive that way. And then there's this hotel that everyone was staying in. It was right on the coast. Mm. And then they had uh, yeah, the conference centre, one-minute walk away. So it was all very close by. Oh, um, and and that's, uh, that's where they did it. Ah, because we once was visited this amusement centre and it looked incredible. And I just wondered if they maybe put it on in there, um, because it looked like it had sim rings and all sorts of stuff um, in it. But uh, I know that was quite an experience. But um, I'll do just a quick, a very very quick plug for all of you who are watching just now. 
if you're not already aware of Super GT's channel, please go over and subscribe um, to it after the interview. And obviously on this channel, we've got, I think we've done about, this is our fourth interview now with Super GT. So if you want to see Super GT's history of how he's growing his channel and all his tips and uh, questions and answers on previous interviews, um, then you can go on to that. And it'd be fantastic if you subscribe to this channel as well, um, because we've got lots of uh, driver interviews like uh, David Perel, Josh Martin, uh, we've had Chris Hay, um, we've had Rory Alexander, um, the, we've had Thea, uh, Leanne Mouzant, um, we've had a whole number of fantastic people on the show. We've got um, James from uh, Adventure Racing as well. So if you want to, if you like sim racing interviews, there's a great catalogue um, there, of course, including Super GT. In fact, Super GT was one of the first people I ever interviewed um, on the show. And the, the first time I did it, it was simply a podcast only, uh, which I think is still there somewhere on the catalogue um, right back at the beginning of the channel. Now, I've got a question for you um, that I thought, because I know quite a few people who are involved in the sim grid, and I know that you know you know them too. Um, we haven't seen you really do much with the sim grid. Are you ever tempted maybe to do a sim grid race and join up and see how you get on for a set of Corsa Competizione? Yes, I, I mean, I like what they do. I think what they do is really good. And I think it's about time that someone external from the game sort of made, uh, like, because uh, it's good that they do like the daily races and that sort of thing, and they they've mixed up league racing quite nicely. And I think um, they've announced one with a big prize pool now yes. of like twenty yeah. twenty thousand. Yeah, yeah, twenty thousand um, dollars. Yeah. So they're, they're moving in the right direction. They're doing the right things. I, for me, I'd want to practice on the game a lot more first before I race competitively on it. That would be mm. my main thing. I mean, ACC is a very competitive game. Whenever I watch anyone streaming it, like Jardier, for example, yeah, you just look at the qualifying times and like every yeah. everyone's within a second, yeah, of yeah. like thirty people. And I think like, these guys are really good, and you have to be on it, otherwise you'll look stupid. So yeah. uh, I think it's I, I it's in the back of my mind. I would like to do it. Um, I would like to make sure I know what I'm doing first before I actually <laughs> enter. So would it be yeah. Humiliating myself at the back of the pack. That's it. Oh, I think I think you would be you would make people rather starstruck. I think when they realise who was who was driving alongside them um, in a lobby. But uh, it's great. I mean, it is very very competitive. I've had one or two streams with ACC. Uh, one that took me an hour to try and set up a Porsche 911, um, which I'm sure was absolutely enthralling for the people watching. Um, as I watched my counters go from about 17 down to two at the end of it but uh, we were watching but it was well, at least at the end of the day i can manage to go around a lap of silverstone without pirouetting at every corner in the 911 um because it was quite dodgy uh, to try and get around the corner but no I, I think it would be amazing to see you do that kind of um, sim grid style race um because it is very competitive and they're always looking for for, for uh, drivers to come on board um and it's i think it's great what david perel and josh martin and the group there have been able to achieve with that uh, but uh, so you never know. Maybe we'll see you in uh, a race. Uh, in, in terms of a set of course, the competition is it a, um, a game that you quite like? Are you, are you a bit of a fan of that? Yeah, I I am actually. I mean, I, I haven't played it all that much, but I do like it. I think the physics feel what I feel like the physics should be like in that kind of car on on PC. Um, because I've. I've always had an on-off relationship with iRacing. I feel like it's too uh, it's too light. I feel like you have to be too you have to be ultra delicate, and like mm. if you overstep the mark by one percent, you spin, or you're in the barrier, yeah. or you lock up, and it just feels mm. totally. 
it doesn't feel right. Like when we were talking about my McLaren experience, it felt like you're really like forcing the wheel in, slamming the pedal. Yeah. It felt yeah. quite hard quite, and quite yeah, tough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I racing, you feel like you have to like, like just like just nurse the car around. It just doesn't quite feel right to me. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you do yeah. have to be precise on the wheel, but um, but ACC I think just has a much better feel of what a GT car would feel like in real life. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, ACC the physics. I mean, it's it's like a set of course of the first game. Physics yeah. really good, really accessible. You can jump on and just sort of get to grips with it really easily, and that's the same with ACC. Yeah, yeah. No, I think a lot of people as well. They they love the noise because uh, the engine noise in ACC is brilliant, and mm. and it's uh, yeah, and and the cars that you get as well. Certainly, and also in a side of Corsa. When I first played it, I thought, God, this is much harder. You really had to concentrate all the time. If you if you if you have a lapse in concentration, you're off. Um, and the car sometimes feels quite heavy as well, isn't it? And and it's all about setup and trying to get all of that right. Which I think in terms of GT Sport, it's quite nice that you don't have to set up cars. You can just jump on yeah. and, and race and things like that. But um, but no, that's that's the thing. But um, now, um, whenever you do a big like a charity race or probably a big race um, with lots of other famous people. Uh, and then go on to to uh, Gran Turismo and do another uh, race for yourself or for a stream, because now you are so famous. Do you find that you are seen as a target, um, as a, a an acquisition to be rammed, or is uh, or do you find that you're still getting a reasonable rivalry when you do a, a a race like a multiplayer race on on Gran Turismo Sport? It's weird when you say I'm famous. I really, I'd say well known within Gran Turismo, but I don't know about famous. Uh, I, I think for the most part, actually, people. I think what people do like to do is get on the stream. Just yeah. get their car on the screen in front of my car. It's like, oh, there I am. I'm on the. I'm on the screen. There I am. That's me. <laughs> so they like to. I don't know. They'll wait for I'm me and then you. they'll just get on the screen. <laughs> so I think there is that. Um, I don't think people, for the most part, actually, people don't log in to just round me off. Um, yeah. So no, I mean, that that isn't a problem yeah. really, but on Gran Turismo, I suppose because of the the lobby system, you can actually escape most people, and it's unlikely yeah. they're going to just get into your race. Yeah, I suppose oh, that's true because you're at the top end, um, so it needs to be much better racing. I suppose it's more when I, when people see that oh, Super GTs in our lobby, you know, and we'll have to make sure we 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 do everything we can to beat him or to you know to cause to cause trouble. I suppose it's if when you when you started your secondary account. Um, and you were building up in that and you were winning lots of races. That was quite fun to watch because obviously you were going against E drivers, D drivers and C drivers. How did you find that? Was it literally carnage on the, on the, on the racetrack? Um, or were there any particular moments that you remember? Yes. It's a lot different, that type of racing. Uh, uh, what was it? I think there was a moment because I remember in the early lobbies, um, the ghosting rules are different. So I remember I got into the lead once and, Obviously, this guy really wasn't very happy about it. Coming to the final corner, he went flying into me, except his car ghosted. Right. So he went straight <laughs> through me into the wall. Well, okay, <laughs> thanks thanks very much for that attempt. Unlucky, I'm going to take this race victory. Uh, so that was that's pretty funny. But um, I think in those earlier lobbies, it's really a case of uh, you just have to give everyone four or five times more space than you would yeah. in... like. An, an A-rated lobby because yeah. I know their awareness isn't quite as as good um, or whatever you know or they're taking a different line 
you just have to be yeah. a, bit, a lot more careful, leave them a lot more space, um, and and then just you know be be a lot more safe, and you'll get out of those uh, level lobbies quite quickly. Yeah, yeah. But that's the thing because everyone always asks me, you know, when you're asking, uh, you know, your your interviews and people like your good self, um, you know, how do they go faster or tips for FIA? That seems to be a big one as well. Um, you know, because you've done a lot of FIA, many, many years worth of it, and done done very well at it. Um, it's getting more and more competitive, isn't it? I mean, it's getting harder um, to do well, and you've really got to be good. Um, what would you say are the main things that make a driver that does well in FIA stand out? I think you have to just put in the practice time beforehand. I think that's the, that's the main thing that separates a lot of people. Um, I don't think you can just jump on and just hope that you'll do well. You know, you might be a really good player, but you can't just jump on and and just and just get a great result. You sort of have to do practice races beforehand, really rehearse the strategy before you go into the race. Make sure you get your qualifying right as well, especially with these rolling starts. Because if the difference between starting first and eighth, yeah, once the rolling start has happened, like eighth place is like five seconds behind already. So it's really yeah. hard to catch that up. Uh, so get your qualifying right just put in loads of practice time i mean it's it's the boring answer but i think that's kind of what you have to do yeah no no it seems to make absolute sense and uh, in terms of combinations we normally always kind of ask uh, our guests what are your favorite combinations and what are your least favorite combinations on gt sport favorite is quite easy actually group three at the nurburgring grand prix circuit that is Mm -hmm. my number one combo i think it's the track that i do the best at and I have probably the most success at that combination. I just feel comfortable at that track. Um, least favourite? Well, I mean, the road, any of the road cars, let's yeah. say, you know, like N500, N600, those sorts yeah. of cars, uh, any track, I just don't really <laughs> get on with them. I, I just really like the GT cars. I think they're, yeah. they're the best. Like Group 4 um, or above. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's when you get the Toyota 86 GT. Oh, sorry, GT86, um, and it's yeah. at Fuji, the long circuit on oh, daily no. race C. And you're just work. thinking, <laughs> it's going to be a long race for that one, isn't it? We're not much it takes fun. about five hours to go up the straight in those cars <laughs> around that track. And you've still got no grip, is it? It's still got yeah. like how you know, it spins everywhere. But um, no, that's it. I quite I have to say, I quite like um, the, when they had the 1960s Mini Coopers um, around Suzuka East Course. Yes. I always found that that was quite fun. That's because it's quite close. Um, and there's just enough room in, on, on the circuit, it's just wide enough to have your three abreast kind of coming around some of the corners. So yeah. I think if, if it can be close, isn't it? If you can get a race where you can really get a lot of action and fun, then I think it's it's good. It's when it's long and slow that um, it's quite it's quite tough. Uh, yeah, I but, think like daily race A is 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 it can be good, it can be really bad. It depends on the track choice because often yeah. it's like a it's like a slower car uh, daily race A, isn't it? So yeah. If they pick, yeah, like Fuji, it's sort of a too, it's too big of a track for those slow cars. Uh-huh. When yeah, you're at Sakuba, yeah. then you're all going to be nose to tail yeah. and probably in the barrier ramming each other off because it's so because <laughs> it's too close sometimes. Yeah, I mean, normally it's Sakuba literally once a month, just about, isn't it? On daily race, it seems to be always coming yeah. up um, in in uh, in GT Sport. That, um, but yeah, now I was going to say. Um, you, you obviously you, you had a big uh, announcement uh, for your race this week that you're doing tomorrow, uh, but you also it, it looked like you had rumours that you know about GT7 that's coming out. Is there anything that you can tell us um, that might that we might not know 
that or maybe hasn't been said yet um, about GT7? What do you think is going to be the dates when it could possibly be coming? I have no idea. And I know that's going to sound like I'm just saying that, but I don't know. I think I've been put into this position where everyone thinks I know everything about Gran Turismo, but honestly, they they don't tell me anything at all. So oh. I have no clue. I think all the rumours are pointing to it in this year. At least that's mm-hmm. what I see on like GT Planet. That's what they say. Um, I just watch all the... I just pay attention to Twitter. Usually it's GT Planet. Right. They, yeah. they are so quick with news yeah. on anything related to GT Sport or, or, or Gran Turismo. So mm-hmm. I just look at what they say and normally they're pretty quick with it. Um, I hope it's this year. That's what they're saying. But, you know, Gran Turismo Sport has been out three and a half years now and it's kind of getting a bit, especially with the yeah. daily races, sometimes you think, oh, I could do have a new game. Hopefully GT7 yeah. isn't, isn't too far away. Yeah, but yeah. Originally, the rumor was that it's going to be a launch title. Obviously, it yeah. that's not happened. So I don't know. You just never know, Gran Turismo. It could take. It could be five months. It could be five years. It could be fifty years away. <laughs> Please not. They like Please to take their time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the thing. That um, and do you have, do you actually have a PS Five though? Have you have you been able to get a PS Five and use it? Yes. Um, yeah, I've got a PS Five. It's all hooked up now. Um, uh, it's, it's not really any different at the moment because there's no games for it. It's just yeah. it loads a little bit quicker, <laughs> and that's about it. But uh, <laughs> so it's an expensive thing for the moment just to load the game a bit quicker. But uh, but yeah, I got one. I got the new Xbox, and here's the weird thing. I mean, it shows you the level of relationship I have with Sony. Uh, uh, they didn't. I mean, they didn't send me a PS5. But Microsoft sent me the the new Xbox, even though I haven't played Forza, I haven't made Forza videos wow. in years. Uh, but they, they still sent me the new one. Uh, but Sony don't really, I don't think Sony really buy into the the yeah. influencer YouTuber yeah. thing. They don't really care about it, to be honest. So they don't, they don't you have to pay give you free yeah. consoles. <laughs> or maybe I'm just I'm... not good enough as a YouTuber. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> I have seen, by the way. I know. And there have been lots of comments coming in, but they're all saying they want you to take a polygraph test in terms of your GT Sport knowledge because they don't believe you. <laughs> I think they, that's the kind of you know, there's a way to get around polygraph tests. Um, you know? <laughs> if you, you have to, whatever question you ask, I have to sort of disregard your question and just ask my own question in my own mind. And that's how you get around um, polygraph tests. Oh, so nice. you ask your own question in your own mind. Forget about what you asked ask my own question in my own mind, have my own answer, convince myself of that answer, and then actually get around the polygraph. <laughs> well, my children, I was going to say my children must do that because they never listen to a word I say. You know, when I, when I ask them, they must be like, they must have already have turned off. That, yeah. uh, but uh, no, that's, that's the thing. That, um, oh, it's, it's fantastic. Now, it, what's quite funny is uh, um, we have some crazy catchphrases on our show that are usually the worst catchphrases and totally inappropriate for if you're if you're doing motorsport, but we, we came across them because my co-host um, who did a a, a big racing uh, got his racing license at Silverstone a number of years ago at the same time as Jan it was a uh, Kevin Magnuson was actually doing um, the same test mm. but he was in a in a different group um, and uh, he was about to get his race and the, the chief instructor said um, now by the way everyone has to be take this very seriously this is the briefing and this is what you can do and cannot do um, and finally got through all of that 
and they're sitting in the wee room at Silverstone, and he says, uh, now, has anyone got any questions? Um, and, uh, and so Jonathan said, well, I know what I'm going to do now. I'm going to win the race at the first corner. So we've got that one. We've also got Drive Fast and Try Not to Crash, which is a kind of take on Michael Schumacher's um, uh, uh, take. And um, and then, of course, it's let's see what we can do. It seems to be the one. But um, I would be, we would, I think we'd, we'd love, I know we were, we were speaking uh, to the co-hosts earlier and a few of the community, and they said, could you um, say our phrase um, for the Car Simon Race Driver Show? Winning the race at the first corner, because they'd love to hear you say that. Winning the race at the first corner? Yeah. Winning the race at the first corner. I think it's a good quote, and I'm going to do that tomorrow in my 200-lap endurance race. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, that's super. That, um, is there any anything you would like to say to many of your fans who are watching today? Um, at, uh, you know, it's, it's um, because they, they are obviously a lot of them are learning from you, and um, they have a, a great kind of fan base here that's growing and growing. Um, what would you say is that the, the key things to concentrate on if you're wanting to improve your sim racing career? Yeah, um, I think you've always got to you've always got to pay attention to what the good guys are doing. I think that that's always. That's all, there's always going to be someone who's faster than you, who's better in some way. It's like real life. You know, there's always going to be some younger, better looking person. And it's, it's true in sim racing. There's always going to be some younger, faster, better on their tyres, better on their fuel, whatever person. So you can always learn from the best. Um, watch their replays. I think a lot, of, a lot of the time, you know, if you can get on Twitter and just start talking to them on there somehow. Um, yeah. A direct conversation that's always helpful um just get into lobbies sometimes you know a lot of people do on gran turismo for example people just set up practice lobbies and they just have a look have a you know join in there and just just see what they're doing mm-hmm. um but i think the main thing you've got to be you've got to be willing to uh criticize yourself and realize yeah i'm not doing that right okay i'm not doing this right i'm not doing that right and tr- just try and work on your weaknesses um yeah because you know, I I worked out one. Let's say, for example, um, I just coming out of corners. Sometimes I know I'm not on the power early enough. Mm-hmm. I just like I need to work on that. And I know that like, I know what my weakness is. I've and I and I know what I need to work on. So just trying to work out what you're doing wrong and try to try to work on those things. Yeah. All right. No, that sounds like good good advice indeed. And that, um, well, hopefully, our, we'll get to see you in person at, at some kind of event. Do you think um, potentially there might be um, some kind of event, maybe at the Goodwood Festival of Speed that's taking part in July? Do you think there might be some sim racing then? If it, I mean, the art tickets are now going on sale at the beginning of February. Um, do you think you would like to do do some kind of events at, 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 uh, at Goodwood? I think that would that would certainly draw in the crowd. Yeah, sure. I mean, Goodwood's always a really, it's, it's an awesome event. I went. I've been there twice. For the best of speed. It's it's always really good fun to go go to those. And I think at any sort of motorsport event these days, you're probably going to get some sim rigs. Pretty much yeah. all of them these days. Yeah. yeah. Um. This. Um. What event was it? I think it was. Oh, what was it? It was the um, World Endurance Championship at Silverstone, like a couple of years ago. And the mm. queues for, to get on the sim rig. People were queuing up for like an hour to get on really? a sim rig. Goodness. Uh, I mean, people always want to, you know. Uh, I think everyone, uh, everyone in the world thinks they're the best on a on a sim rig. <laughs> um, and it's great fun. And now the technology is amazing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's getting better and better and better, and more realistic. So. Um, so do you think that's all for us all yet? Those who have a, a G twenty nine and a play seat challenge, 
you think we can get the best out of it and, and do quite well. Um, you know, even on 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 a, on a relatively low budget, um, you think people it's quite a level playing field uh, for, um, on sim racing. It's uh, it's not completely level, but to be honest, I say it's like probably like eighty percent the driver. To be honest, yeah. uh, if you put like the best player in the world on like a Logitech G twenty nine up against someone who's top ten percent of the world. You know the top, the best driver is still going to win by a long yeah. way. Um, so it doesn't doesn't matter always on what wheel they're using. Um, the, the best players will will always get to the top. Um, I think with a wheel, it's just it's it's more a case of it's not necessarily going to make you quicker. It's just like it, it'll just feel a bit better. It just feels a bit more realistic. You're just getting a better experience, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, that's a super thing. Now, I remember in days gone by, oh, a number of years ago, only maybe three or four years ago, when every question you used to get was always about, why don't you use a pad? Uh, why don't you use a wheel? And then you'd be doing a wheel, you'd actually be using the wheel and someone would ask you, are you using a wheel? Which was always, which was always great fun to watch. But I know there's a bit of advice that for anyone who's watching just now who normally watches SuperGT's uh, streams and videos, it's always, it always says, before you ask a question, look in the description. And you'll mm. see the answer there for the majority of your uh, queries, I'm sure. But I see we've been nearly going for an hour, and I know you're a very busy man, and we very much appreciate you coming on the show. So um, stay on the line at the moment, but we'll bring the interview to a close. But I'd love to say to all the people who have been watching tonight, uh, make sure you subscribe to SuperGT's channel if you're not already uh, have done so. And if it's your first visit here to the Car Sim and Race Driver Show, it'd be fantastic to have you subscribe as well. We've got a huge back catalogue of interviews with lots of sim racers. But it's been phenomenal to have you on the show tonight, Steve. Thank you very, very much uh, for coming on. And for everyone watching, thanks for all your comments. And uh, we'll be back on Monday with, of course, Fat Man in a cheap sim with our racing. And, um, but uh, it's always good fun. And as as as, uh, G, as you said earlier on, we'll win the race at the first corner. So take care. Take care, everyone. It's fantastic to have you alongside, and we'll see you very soon. Thanks, guys.